This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. Are you a sports fan? Do you have a favorite sport? Do you have a favorite team? Are you a spectator or are you an active participant? Well, what if I told you that sports are now being played in zero and microgravity? Yeah, sports in space where the absence of gravity levels the playing field. I am thrilled to introduce my guest today, Linda Reinstein. She is the founder of Space Games Federation, the first international organizing and sanctioning body for games played in zero and microgravity. Linda's a media entrepreneur. She's won numerous industry awards. She holds numerous patents. She's an innovator, an influencer, and a visionary idealist. She has an extensive background in live entertainment, sports television, graphics, digital media, and post-production. She's also a very close friend and a colleague. Linda, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I am so excited to be here. I, I, I'm honored. How's that? And I'm so grateful. Oh, well, uh, let's jump in because how did you come up with this idea to have sports played in space in zero and microgravity? How did that pop into your head? <laughs> Great question, Lisa. <laughs> um, so uh, again, thank you for having me. Um, and sports in space came up to me after, oh, I, I'm not going to go into years here because that dates me and I refuse to date myself because um, I'm already dated. I already have myself by date. So um, that being said, uh, I got the opportunity and I call it an opportunity to beat the cancer. Um, and it took a few years and through that, I had an opportunity to look at my life and see where I'd been and what I'd done. Um, and I started to kind of go back to what, what I did and, and was well rewarded for in the sports and entertainment industry and technology and doing fun things. But, um, I also knew that there was an equality issue in sports um, and also in space uh, because I grew up in the space business. We can talk about that later, but um, because of growing up kind of in space and news television, essentially with my father, um, who was an executive at NBC sport, oh, not NBC sports, boy, NBC news. <laughs> He worked for sports at one point. Right, um, right. However, uh, he worked for NBC News and a little history here because he did every space shot between Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo. Um, and as a child without the internet, cell phones, Facebook, 
all the great gifts that are available to the world today, I got to go to all the, not all, but I got to go to a lot of the space shots. I got to go to NASA. And so through all that, I, I kind of, again, when you're forced to literally shut down, your brain has an opportunity to visualize and, and really why Space Games Federation is, well, I beat cancer. I had to do something good. And as you just opened up with um, the absence of gravity levels, the playing field. Um, so, so amazing. So amazing. I want to ask you, because many people face life-threatening diseases and they don't come back with an idea this big that uses so much, let me just call it intellectual and scientific horsepower. And I know you've always been an innovator. I know through your other companies where you've been super successful, you have always been on the cutting edge of technology. So what what is the secret sauce that you have that gives you that vision? I want it, I want it. No secret sauce, no secret sauce. Um, I, I, in fact, long ago before everybody else coined the phrase, I was saying the phrase bleeding edge because I felt like every time I ran into a new piece of technology, it was like running into a saw. Um, you know, say, okay, let's see where we're gonna go with this. Um, maybe the other life experiences has taught me to be a little less, little to be, I guess the word is maybe fearless in certain aspects, but not in all aspects of life. So, um, you are fearless. I guess that may be the, the secret sauce is just, I never want to stop learning. And my mother um, gave me some great advice. She says, when you stop learning, you're dead, which was fabulous advice. Um, going back to astronauts, Gene Cernan, um, the more doers you have, the more, <laughs> the more dreamers you have, the more doers you have. So right. maybe the secret sauce is growing up. And then my father, who, you know, he didn't see me as a girl. He saw me as his child. Um, and I didn't get, I, I got the girl glasses for dressing up and all that stuff. But when it came to going to work with him in the early days, I wasn't a girl. I, I mean, I was his child. So it was really interesting. And he also had a fabulous secretary um, named M.M. Sills, who was dynamic for that at time in the 60s. She took no crap from anybody, um, any male. And, you know, so the male thing my father did do was, you know, he saw the secretary and said, well, you take care of Linda while I'm in the office. <laughs> Hence, you know, um, I, I think the, the gift has been, you know, looking back and as you're asking is a gift of strong women in my life and a father who on a professional level um, didn't see gender, color. Um, I, I think that was his gift to me. Which is a huge gift because at the time we were growing up, 60s and 70s, let me date myself, um, there was, uh, 
unconscious gender bias from so many people, both men and women, about what women could or should be doing. And I know that you work very closely with your father and you tell a lovely story about how you learned to negotiate and why you had to negotiate. Um, You talk about your father was like, okay, let me show you how, now go do, which is a fantastic way to mentor somebody. Talk, tell us, tell that story, will you? Oh gosh, Lisa, which one? (laughs) Okay, well, I I know that you- I mean, the thing is negotiate is, I mean, trial by fire, baptism by fire. My father, if my father didn't want to do something, um, I'll I'll use the Long Beach Grand Prix, 1978. I can remember it to this day. Um, You know, uh, he owned the rights to that programming and he was the first one to bring Formula One to America and Long Beach. And I had the opportunity at that point, I was working with him and um, basically anything he didn't want to do that was important, I got to do. So <laughs> I uh, love know, that. He, it was a high type A personality, very creative, you know, managing, you know, 300 people. Um, and the last thing he wanted to do was go to the minute by minute meeting um, for the Formula One schedule, because that's how you did a Formula One race. You literally go minute by minute by minute. And as a broadcaster, what you wanted to know was, when can I go on the air? When are you going to drop the flag? It's kind of like in a football game in, in our world from sports broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, it's real, but there are commercials and we do do those things. And so somebody had to go sit every morning at 6 a.m. to do that. And that was like, uh, that will be Linda. Um, (laughs) And I had to negotiate with these guys to change the time. No cell phones, don't forget. So I'm doing this on my own and I'm hoping, you know, and at this point I'm like, okay, fine. And then my father goes, you do credentials. I'm like, credentials? Oh, oh, I've never... You know, and when somebody tells you to do something you really don't want to do, do it, okay? Because it probably was the gift of doing the Long Beach Grand Prix because I became the most important person on the staff. (laughs) Oh, if you, with credentials, I mean, you know, I have a background too in sports and that was how we met. But what's so interesting is people get really upset if their credentials two events are not appropriate. And these are all the people who actually aren't part of the show. These are the people who may be in finance or maybe in IT or whatever. They're not the production people who know that this is fast on the minute. You've got to make it happen. You've got to get that interesting shot to the viewer. And, you know, there's a another part of the company that's there for the show to, to enjoy and understand. What, what's... I want to make a comment about your father and I want to make a comment in general about women who step into leadership roles. So many of them have played in organized sports and so many of them had fathers who said, Hey kid, follow me, trail me, watch what I'm doing. Okay. Now you go do it. And I know your father did that with you as my father did with me. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a gift. Um, and I think, absolutely. For women that don't have that gift, you know, a mentor is important. You know, it's kind of, you know, who is your mentor? My dad, of course, but who knew that? You know, at that point, there's also a mix that I think even a daughter feels 
of being father daughter especially in in the older times was like well why is the daughter here where's the son um you have a son um so it didn't come from my father it came from the externally the noise the, you yeah know, the, externally. and i think that's what hurts many of us is that noise um, right that it's right. not your parent or the person that you're working with it's everybody else around you going well where's the son you have a son Right. There's this great quote, and I can't remember who said it, but it's basically the woman who does not need external validation is the most fearsome individual in the world. And what I love about you, and I know you pretty well, as you know me very well, um, when you have a vision, you, you're going to make it happen. You are going to execute. And I think your dad had that same quality. I think you're right. I think, you know, um, I also think my mother had it too. I yeah. mean, I have to say that I say to many people, I was the best of both worlds in many ways as my mother was a dancer in an all male field. And she was one of the first dancers on your show of shows, a live television show. So you were just talking about live and how you're there for the show or you're there to really work. And uh, live television is nothing like making a movie or anything else. It's a completely Correct. different model. And when you have two parents coming from live television, I think about that and go, well, maybe that was part of it. They both just went, ah, it was like, get it done. That's what's so brilliant about it. And so talk to me just a little bit about some of the, because I want to come back to Space Games Federation because this blows my mind. But you have done so many different types of business and they've all been at the cutting edge of technology. You had a very successful career in post-production in the 90s and the aughts when technology was changing so quickly. Um, talked about being a woman in that world in an extremely male-dominated business. I'm going to say again, gift of the father. Um, you know, my father was extremely important in the business. And he was able to employ people, which is a gift. And I think now looking back at my age, I would say that what he also did is he trusted me. Mm -hmm. So he put me into places like if we were going to spend a million dollars on a new piece of technology, because that's what your camera and your iPhone used to cost, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Exactly. Um, so exactly. <laughs> and it was a lot like, heavier. Oh, we're going to go spend a couple grand. Um, it was like, no, you're going to go spend a million dollars. Now, my dad had this gift of, there are a bunch of young kids like me that had his pocketbook. And I didn't realize the reason I was put into situations was because I cared more. And so it caused me to really understand the technology and how it was applied and listen to everybody. I didn't necessarily understand how it, how it worked. Um, but, but I understand how to apply it. And you do it so well. Linda, we've had many conversations and we've all heard of or seen the movie Hidden Figures, which was the unsung story of women who worked on the moonshot and were essential in getting the first 
man on the moon. And thank God we now have women who are astronauts as well. But that story, that movie, Hidden Figures, really relates to your story. Can you share some of the things you shared with me earlier with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. And yes, Hidden Figures, but I'm going to say it's only something I realized when I went to the movie Hidden Figures. It is not something that was in my zeitgeist when I was a younger. Um, so it took all this time for this reality to set in. Um, but, you know, Dorothy Vaughn was the leader of, of the pack, basically. Um, my father, as I mentioned, did all the space shots. Um, and, you know, again, no internet, no Facebook. Ah, young, willing child shall run to the computer room and pick up all the statistics for for the NBC producers and directors and run them back as fast as you can. Okay, well, that's, and as you saw in Hidden Figures, it says computer. You walk into computer and there's a bunch of wonderful ladies sitting there and they hand out cookies. So I not only get computer, I get cookies. So I am now assuming my lack of fear of technology comes from going to computer at NASA at Langley or JPL or all the different ones and it handed out cookies. Okay. And <laughs> also then when there was a real computer, when the, when the mainframes came in, they were all like um, cards. So right. what would you have a young child do? Feed the cards into computer. What comes out after the cards? Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no fear at all about what am I doing in this enormous room with all of this equipment that is making all this noise that is so big and the room is so air conditioned. It was like, no, I see my friends, I eat cookies and I work for my dad. Correct. And I work around technology, you know, because right. I would go to mission control again, because you had no technology to not have to be in person. You know, a runner was a gift and a Essential. free runner and a child at seven was also a gift um, yeah. because I was free. I was eager <laughs> and I ate cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all love cookies as kids? But again, I want to point to the fact that most seven-year-olds, boys or girls, would have been intimidated in that situation. And because your dad said, hey, I need you to do this, you took the step and you did it. And this is something that I see through your entire life where you you have so, uh, your ideation is amazing. I've never met anybody quite like you where you have so many ideas running concurrently, all for products that are needed. And you cherry pick the one that really caught your attention. And I think that's what happened with Space Games. And Space Games Federation was not something that lifted up off the ground easily. I mean, you had to deal with numerous agencies, numerous vendors, numerous people, get your foot in the door, explain the concept and get buy-in. Oh, it, 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 it's truly bleeding edge, but I want to run back to cherry picking. No, um, if okay. I can tell you something, you know, I come from live television 
Right. And um, I have had the opportunity to do just about everything between news, entertainment, sports. You really do get this so... But if you don't focus, you can't do it well, no matter right. how good you are. Right. Um, and that is something that I learned with the cancer. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it made me stop and think. And it also allowed me time to talk to people that knew more than me. And the fact that what would I, what was I doing wrong in my career? I asked others what they saw I could improve upon. And they said, the best thing you can do is you just need to focus. If you want to do something big, you got to focus on it. Um, so after the cancer, I actually focused on changing the law. Um, so, you know, that was my first focal point. When you say, how did I get to Space Game Federation? Well, the reality is after the cancer, let me tell you, you feel like you're invincible for some reason. And the cancer for me was exacerbated by a cat bite, which was cat getting sick caused by tainted pet food from China. Um, you can look it up. It was a whole thing. Many died, yes. many animals. Yes. Long and yes. short of it is at that point we found out Pet food was not regulated by the FDA. So they could put as much plastic in it as they want and kill your cat's kidneys. So long and short of it is, um, I found that out before and just as I got diagnosed with the cancer. So during the cancer, I also had a mission. So I think I've always had a mission no matter whether, if there's someone in my life or not, there's always been a mission. And that mission was to get pet food regulated by the FDA. And we created a foundation called iDoggyBag, which was part of the cancer. And long and short of it is, I because you do that, you go, I went online and I'm like, well, how do I get this law changed? And oh, look, there's a, there's a public speaking engagement for the federal bureau of whatever in dc um and you can present and you know present your ideas so well and today it's way easier um i thought okay well how, how i'm a video maker let's just make a story so we made a story about how i doggy bag did its thing and i went and testified in front of um a bunch of regulators in dc which i didn't realize until i got there that it was the heads of every um federal regulation agency in the world um so long and short of it is present my video do my thing terrified i mean literally terrified i will not tell you that i was not terrified um and the good news is after me a bunch of international guys got up and said i'm not sure we can follow that video <laughs> Because you know they couldn't. And sadly, you know me. I said, no, but you can change the law. Um. <laughs> and they did. I mean, you got a law did. change. And we did. The law was amended. So Which... when you say how, you know, sports in space, and I, I'm sorry, I lose you. I lost the, 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 the train of thought. Apologies. Oh, no. Um, uh, uh, here, here's the train of thought. And let me just recap it for you. When you see something that needs to be done, and this is why I wanted you on this show, nothing stops you. Fear doesn't stop you, not knowing how to do it. You're going to figure it out. You're going to get up 
and say what needs to be said and make things happen. And that wasn't always the case. But I also had a father that did that again. So I was mirroring a father um, who did that and was also mirroring. I, I was, you know, my dad worked in news. I'm, I was really mirroring journalists. You know, those were my, you know, those are the people in my world. And so who, what, where, where, why, how? Oh, God, if I heard that one more time, you know, and my father say, look it up in the dictionary. It's like, oh, where was Google? <laughs> you know, and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do rely on I, that a those lot. Those are all great gifts. And I think for my, when I'm working with these students that I work with, you know, they have Google, but they don't necessarily know the right question to ask it. Correct. So, you know, I keep, I keep, you know, it's like, well, you know, I've had a lot of interns working with space games, which has been awesome. And, you know, I'm like, what question did you ask it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because that's nowhere near the answer we needed. Um, right. You know, it's anything from physics to, you know, how, how to, you know, make a something out. It's just, you have to ask, you have to ask the information, the technology, the right questions too. And exactly. I think I learned that early on because again, a million dollars, I've watched it go from, you know, an ice box to my hand. Right. Exactly. Exactly. When you think about the power we have in our, uh, phones well, ridiculous now right i mean we had this show called get smart in our world and my father would here's another thing my father got one of the first cell phones ever um when he was working at nasa okay and and uh, you know the first thing that happens is the, the thing rings and he doesn't know it and he goes into a ditch <laughs> <laughs> learned how to use a cell phone with buttons see again no fear i go back to didn't because my father was always in these opportunities and wasn't afraid of bringing me to them and i was fascinated i won't you know right. i was can i go to work with that right. my brother was and, can i go play tennis right um, and not a bad thing because he became a tennis pro there you go, there you go. yes each child according to his talents and hopefully parents understand and can see and can support them. Let me take a little bit of a left turn here because we haven't really talked about, uh, I'll just say the elephant in the room. These are male dominated industries. These are, yeah, right? So I know that you've pitched a lot and successfully. And can you just share- oh, and successfully a lot. Well, but you, um, you know, and you learn from that experience, but talk yes, to me I've about been pitching space games. I have had roadblocks, everybody from the, mm -hmm. everybody, how's that? I can tell you that I have had a roadblock from every space company in business um, because I not only want to take sports to space, I'm a blonde, I'm a woman and I come with this, I come with a service cat. So basically, you know, um, they all just want to jump out of the spaceship. Um, and originally, I had the opportunity to pitch one big group um, on the on a conference call. Um, so they didn't know I had a cat yet. Um, and they they heard me, and I gave them the full pitch. And 
um, you know, be careful because if you leave the conference line open and a bunch of men say to you, I can't believe a woman came up with that. Um, and the woman says, yes, she did. I will say it wasn't the smartest thing I did because looking back, I pissed them off. Um, and you know what? It's okay because I don't want them. I mean, I don't want them. I, I, I don't, uh, their attitude isn't one that space games needs to be upon. So I don't want to be that snarky person. I just want to make sure you said idealism. I actually to look that up. Um, <laughs> but you've got, you know, um, I want to have the opportunity, and I say this to everybody, to make sure space game starts out clean. I've done nine Olympics. I've been in sports my whole career. I know what's behind everything. I know where we started. If you look back to the Romans, we started as, you know, gladiator games. So space is a quality. It's peaceful. You know, I like to say equal peaceful space. Um, you know, more challenging than anything on earth. Um, off the earth, for the earth, about the earth. Um, that's space. Um, and, wow. you know, I'm that one with the guys mostly who, who don't necessarily think that way. So, yeah, I, I become a thorn in all their sides. Um, and now, again, the gift of the cancer after beating it. It's like, hey, I didn't kill me. And I trained a cat. So, hello. I mean, really mess with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Linda, I'm going to use a word about you, and I want you to take it the right way because this is one of the qualities I love about you, and I want women to embrace it. You, my friend, are a disruptor, and you're a visionary, and you're an idealist because you're always looking to make things better. Always. But I know that you've had so much experience in so many different aspects of live entertainment, sports. I mean, you've done award shows. You've done, like you were talking about Formula, uh, Formula One. Like you've done basically every kind of live event there is. But let's just acknowledge the more experience we have, the easier it is to push back, to not take things personally, if you had an opportunity to tell your younger self some bit of advice, what would you want to share with yourself? Don't take things personally. <laughs> it's not a you problem. It's a them problem. <laughs> if right? You think I, if you don't think that was a problem um, and, and self, lack of self-confidence, again, if I, you know, the, the beatings I would get, um, and also there were a lot of men that my father had worked with that I then had to work with who really enjoyed telling me very negative stories about my father. So, um, you know, that was another combatant that had to happen. And, you yeah. know, coming from Hollywood, you know, my parents didn't stay married, so let's not even go there. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, so to my earlier self, all that noise really hurt. Yeah. And I would say to my earlier self, don't listen, follow your heart, follow your dreams, you know, live within the boundaries of life. Um, but don't, don't take us all so personally. I mean, but I think yeah. that's a woman and that's empathy and I still do it. And that's maybe why I care so much. And, 
And, you know, I got to go back to, well, if you don't have passion, uh, then you're not going to do it. I mean, everything I'm doing, I am passionate about. And if I'm not passionate about it, I probably won't do well at it. Um, and, you know, was I, would I want to sit in a minute by minute meeting at Formula One today? Oh, heck no. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, now I understand why my father sent me to do it. But to me, what a great learning experience, you know? Right. So not knowing what your parent is doing for you sometimes when you think it's not so great is actually better than you can even imagine. Um, right. You know, and when you're having to run, you know, also my father would put me in control rooms all the time, you know, so my younger self was like, nye, 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 nye. Um, and here's a good story. So my younger self um, had the opportunity to go to many space shots and space shuttles and Gene Cernan, I call him Uncle Gene, because yeah. um, he took up a knife that my father, a small pocket knife that my father gave him every flight he took from Mercury, Gemini and Apollo so that he would have safe, you know, safety on and brought it to the moon. Um, and you know, whenever my dad was interviewing him or doing something myself and some of the other kids would be around and, you know, be like, Oh, come on. We want to go to the beach. We want to do something else. Um, and that's when I learned the, the saying, the more dreamers you have, the more doers you have, because Cernan used to look at us and go, what you dreaming about? You know, whatever it was at the moment, swimming and what are you doing about it? Just complaining? Um, so, so maybe the younger self should have listened a little bit better. Um, I think the younger what... self was listening, honestly. I mean, I think the maybe. younger self was listening and not, not all younger kids do, but obviously you took it to heart. I want to ask you about Space Games Federation. Can you just give me the broad overview of the objective and then I'm going to ask you a couple more questions because I think what you've done is amazing. So here's the official registered trademark. We are Space Games Federation, the international organizing and sanctioning body for competitions played in zero and microgravity. Played by astrolytes, sports in space, equal space, more challenging than anything on earth. Yeah, what the heck does that mean? Uh, it means that we are creating basically, if you think about it, FIFA, Olympics mm -hmm. Committee, mm -hmm. NFL, we are that. Right. Um, what, you know, so what do you have to do to be that? Well, first thing, we are space athletics. You have to create something new. You have to create a new athletic program. So we are space athletics um, and we are rolling out what we call STEM edutainment, because going back to having this A-type personality, oh, by the way, I'm a little bit dyslexic too. So whatever I say, just change it around. Um, yeah, I can't, I, you know, and I didn't get that diagnosed till I was really old. So that's even better. Um, so in school, I couldn't read. So hence, I went into graphics because I could actually see them. So that being said, back to space games, um, no terrestrial sport can be played the same way in space. I learned that. I took it to heart. I called Cernan. I said, I need to take sports to space. This is after, as I started to get this together. He says, great idea. We already played. I go, I, I, go, I want to organize it. And I want to make sure that the world 
can see that there is equality in sports and space. He goes, absolutely. Sadly, as an astronaut and a man in those days had to be had to be in the military and they really are trained fine tuned. He says, I'm dying. I got to finish my movie. I'll introduce you to the folks you need to be introduced to head off. Uh, I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, Uncle Gene. That's fun. My dad just died. And now you're done. This is great. Uh, oh, yeah, that is losing people that are important. So, to but yeah. Okay. Uh, but more memories, yeah. more, you know, that to me is the grace, grit, and getting it done. I mean, you can't live and wallow. Uh, otherwise you don't get it done and then you're unhappy and so I'm not happy all the time but so anyway what we did with space games is no terrestrial sports so how we had to come up with a way we've been building an advisory team which you have been a part of Lisa and we are so grateful to you for it um, you know to help us figure out how to do this and the first thing I wanted to do was make sure that a new sport was created by others. We don't want to be come in and say, that's what you have to do. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, the world today is about, you know, grassroots and it's about, you know, community. So we want to form a, you know, an equal community. And by doing that, what we did is we went out to the world and said, hey, create some new sports that we can play in space. Well, we got a few hundred uh, entries Narrowed down to the sweet 16, narrowed down to the final five, had a pandemic. Um, <laughs> named, you know, so what did we do during the pandemic? We taught space athletics and we taught how you can take basically physics to middle schoolers um, by having them learn some technology, uh, back to that technology thing. But today kids have no fear of technology. It's the adults that have the fear. I want to slap you. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, our blessings is we have a great teacher who actually used to be a teacher at NASA. And she was able to hobble together for a group of middle schoolers from an underserved school, which is my passion, to create, um, to create their sports basically using zero gravity. And they did. It was great. Um, long and short of it is today we are, I have, sorry, Linda just thinks of everything that wants to come out of her mouth all at the same time. <laughs> the reason I wanted to say this is because we have 88 students. They could either do individual or team. A young woman won. Okay. Which I love. Lady I love that. Named Rain won. She was a seventh grader who decided not to do it as a team on her own. Won overwhelmingly. I mean, we had a former football player judging. We had myself. We had some other uh, reality people judging. And the team of three boys came in second. Good. They got represented. That's well, great. Yeah, no, but so, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it depends, right? I mean, right. she wanted to get it done and she did it. And she went in for extra credit because she really had a passion for it. We found yeah. her passion point. Um, and, you know, when she comes out of school, she'll have a job. Absolutely, she will. Yeah. So, I love this STEM component that you've brought in to what is 
gaming. I mean, it's it's so brilliant because we need that so much right now in the U.S. We we're really struggling to maintain the higher education and the middle schools and teaching science, which we need, and that you're part of this effort to really excite kids, not only about space, but about all of the sciences, I think is oh, really absolutely. brilliant. We are so far behind as the United States and that I'm yeah. so sad to say. Um, and, and the reason I can say that is because I work with all the nations that are highly, you know, here's a really interesting story that just happened to me. I went to New York, had a phenomenal 25 year old Uber driver that we ended up in this long conversation because we got stuck in traffic because there was this thing called SantaCon. Don't go there. Um, and so me and 25-year-old Uber driver get in a conversation. And I say, well, the International Space Station. He goes, what do you mean? There's a space station up there? I go, yes, there's a space station. No, there isn't. Yes, there's a space station up there. I'm having an argument with a 25-year-old and an Uber driver who basically grew up here and didn't know there was a space station. That blew my mind. So you're right. That, I mean, to me, yeah, that's crazy, don't understand right? that the International Space Station has created so much of what is here, hence off the earth for the earth. But, you know, right. the International Space Station also was part of mRNA, the COVID vaccine. You know, they've Correct. done all research up there in microgravity because it's a great place to research stuff. Amazing. So, Linda, you make such an important point that there is so much going on on the International Space Station that has people on this planet, if we're not intimately aware and paying attention, the fact that the COVID vaccine that was developed that helped us move out of the pandemic or the big stress of the pandemic was researched there. Um, I know also, too, you're working on a project to get the ISS recognized and awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Talk about that. Oh, my my other passion point. I wish yeah. I could just tell all those people what to do, but I can't. Um, <laughs> I can just do it grassroots during the pandemic. Um, the International Space Station for over 20 years has been peaceful with all these nations. We've been actually sent, we sent Russians up there as they're bombing Ukraine. Okay. And we sent right. them from, we sent an American from Russian soil to the International Space Station. During right. the war. So basically, what's the most peaceful place? It's the International Space Station. Right. Yes, it's an inanimate object, but it's a working inanimate object. And we're going to be giving inanimate object prizes in the future. Long and short of it is. Now, yeah. my also is the International Space Station is also carbon neutral. It, it works right. on its own P. It works on, you know, solar. It works with science. I, I mean, it's everything that we need down here. Um, even satellites, which drive me crazy because they've left a lot of space junk up there too. Exactly. One of the things I promised Cernan is that whatever we did with space games, we would try and clean up the junk. Hence, right. whatever we're going to do, like, okay, we've got a store now. Why do you have a store? Because I need ways to make sure that space game does the carbon offset. So having a store, when you buy something, a portion of the proceeds will go each month to a different, whether it's the ocean or above, because those are the two most important places that we're killing ourselves for. Um, I want Sports and Space to be the International Space Station, which is one of our playing fields. These are all of our playing fields, the International Space Station, SpaceX, 
you know, these are sports and spaces playing fields. And, and I don't want to create fields of play or be a part of them that if they're not a part of the solution to our problems. Right. Stop the pollution, be the solution. And I love that. Linda, you also have a newsletter, right? That people can yes, sign subscribe. up for? Yes, And by the way, I do not send newsletters unless there's news. I actually believe in news. Thank you. So Thank you. they only come with news and there's not always a lot of news. So why fill up your box? Make sure you follow on social because there's some fun with me going to different places, meeting astronauts, you know, all the other fun stuff, you know, and then there's a cat. Um, you know, and so that also brings another whole opportunity, but don't forget every sport has a mascot. Ours is space cat. And also we got spacegames.tv, which has some fun stuff with some of the folks that we're working on training to be astrolites and, and that, so, you know, have fun. This is an incredible work you're doing. And I was so thrilled you're here today. I got to have you back. We have barely touch the surface of everything I wanted to ask you. Linda, my pleasure. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Linda Reinstein. She is a close colleague and a friend and a visionary. Check out spacegamesfederation.com. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at bigsky B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky.coach. Thanks for listening.